Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Ready to talk some spoilers? Yes. All right, Andrew, hit us with the mm-hmm. spoiler cast theme song for this week. If I laundered a million dollars, if I laundered a million dollars, well, I'd call Ben Affleck and he would uncook the books. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Woo! It's the spoiler cast for this week's Sif Pop. Uh, the theme song is different every week because we don't want to give anything away. Mm. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more spoilers about The Accountant. And I don't know if there's a ton to spoil about this, uh, but it'll give us an opportunity to talk more in detail about our thoughts. If you want our full thoughts on the movie, obviously check the full review that we did in the Sif Pop podcast. Indeed. We are once again joined by Chris from Geek.0. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Sure. Yay. Hi. Whatever. Woo! Hello what works. Up, Hi, guys. Yay works, too. Hi, guys. There you go. Uh, so let's go into this movie a little bit deeper. This obviously is, I guess I felt like it wasn't a spoiler to say he's both an accountant and an action hero, because that's kind of yeah. the gist of the movie. Yeah. Um, although I was surprised by that, again, because I didn't know anything right. about this movie. So when that you know happened for me in the movie... It was a little bit of a shock, um, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, but we start with uh, the childhood version of this guy and trying to figure out, you know, what exactly is going on with him. His parents take him to, you know, an expert, and uh, and I think in the regular show I talked about, you know, one of those reveals. I was talking about the puzzle of Muhammad Ali. Yeah. You yeah. say that was in the trailer. The tra- was it the like the putting the last piece in in the mm-hmm. underneath shot? Oh, that was yeah. such a gorgeous and shot. I didn't see. I only saw one trailer for it, and it went, the trailer that I saw didn't have that in it. Oh, really? So I got to that was. I actually got to be surprised by it too, which was I, cool. I mean, I the trailer had, I saw had the puzzle and then him beating up all the kids in the rain. That was oh, the trailer wow. I saw. Wow. Okay, so yeah, basically he puts a puzzle together, and you realize he's putting a puzzle together super fast, mm-hmm. and it's like this bang bang reveal of not only was he putting together really fast, he was putting it together upside down, or so just yeah. the gray cardboard. Underneath. Yeah. So he was he didn't even need the picture. Yeah. He was just looking at the shapes. And uh, and so in order to reveal that, putting that last piece in, they you know they shoot it from below the glass table and shoot the picture of you know Muhammad Ali as he's boxing or whatever. I thought that was that was really really cool. Yeah. 
So we are also uh, introduced there to another character who doesn't have a name, but is the girl who finds the last piece of the puzzle for mm-hmm. him. Yep. Uh, and here's, you know, big, big spoiler alert, because it's never really even alluded to for the rest of the movie. Um, but she plays a major role by the end. Uh, she's the voice that kind of guides him along the way. And that's what yep. I talk about predictability right there. You saw that one coming? Oh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. So I didn't catch it either. I didn't oh, catch I, that at all. As soon as I, as soon as uh, we, you hear her voice and like I can't, I don't know who the woman is. I'm like, oh well, it's the little girl and the uh, that helped him out earlier. Really? I yeah, I knew that, and I knew uh, that J.K. Simmons was going to be the cop at the very, very beginning of the movie that you never see his face. I knew that was going to be J.K. Simmons, and then I knew. I think the big one everybody knew was John Bernthal. No, Nostradamus or something. That's crazy, man. And I think everybody knew John Bernthal. Was yes, the that's the yeah, one. That that's was, the one I was talking yeah. about. The fact because they never say anything about who his brother is, and there's only one obvious choice the entire time. And pretty much from the very first moment we meet him, which is in the car, right where he goes in the car and tells the guy to quit, you know, laundering, uh, laundering his money or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew that's that was his yeah. brother. Yeah. Yep. But I don't think the movie was trying to hide that from us. No, I don't think so either. I just think it was not revealing it explicitly. They were just hiding it from John Lithgow. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, Which uh, he kind of had a, uh, a kind of forgettable performance. And maybe that's what I was talking about earlier. I don't want to start off with the negatives, but we were talking about underused characters. Mm-hmm. So John Lithgow and... Uh, Oh, uh, what's it? not Amy, Anna Kendrick? Anna Kendrick, mm-hmm. yeah. They yeah. were both incredibly underused. I agree, yeah. To the point where I didn't really think that Anna Kendrick's character served a purpose in the movie, other than to not have Ben Affleck's character do what he always does whenever he's his cover's blown and run. Mm-hmm. She was like the only driving force to keep him there, mm-hmm. but then that was it. She was done. It was. I think it was to bring out some level of humanness in Affleck's character, too, you know, that there might be... You know, some sort of romance there, yeah, starting possibly. To, starting or, to break through and create yeah. a human connection. But I type. think that they did a good enough job early on uh, when you you first see adult Affleck as the accountant with that old couple, like yeah. trying to mm-hmm. like help them with their taxes, and he's you know being very nice to them. Like, oh, well, you uh, you build this uh, these little necklaces. Well, that means you have an office, and you can write that off on your taxes. We'll just say that you have a three hundred square foot mm-hmm. office, and I think that enough humanized him. Yeah, no, the, and there were several moments like that in the movie, too. Yeah. So I'm saying that I don't think that Anna Kendrick's character was, was needed. Was needed. But I think that's the purpose she served. Whether it was needed or not, you well, know, you might be right. And yeah. we never would have, it wouldn't have led us to the to getting to the bottom of the mystery of who was actually embezzling. And, and so there was that, too, that he had to finish the puzzle, and her character was almost the impetus of her, him having to save her allowed us to find out that it was John Lithgow behind it the whole time and not... The, the other first guy. guy and then Gene Smart and then Yeah. So I think uh I think you've already mentioned, you know, like so many people. You've mentioned people, you've mentioned people. I just I think this movie was a little overloaded, and I think that's one of the reasons I felt like there were some missing pieces and some missing resolutions, some missing motivations, those mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh let's talk specifically about J.K. Simmons, because um we mentioned it in the in the show proper. Um I did not understand why on earth he would take this woman who he wanted to take over for him mm-hmm. on this wild goose chase when he already knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, I get that maybe there's some level of testing her, like he like he wants to see how good she is before he hands it over or something. 
but it just seemed like a weird way to do it because anything could have happened that way mm-hmm. yeah. instead of just bringing her in and yeah. you know what I mean it just yeah. because I the reason it exists in the movie is because we're supposed to have a motivation oh is he going to get caught is he not going to get caught mm-hmm. which turns out there was didn't never matter. it didn't matter he was never going to get caught they were yeah. never out to catch him so I don't know it seemed a little weird to me yeah because I kind of played yeah. it there at the end like yeah he's about, I'm going to turn him in anyway because he's still doing terrible things and mm-hmm. he's still straight up going on murder sprees right yeah yeah you know so it, it was kind of weird I, I maybe he was like testing her to see if she was worthy to carry the mm-hmm. mantle or something yeah or, that's kind of what I took from it yeah and uh, getting back on the pacing thing that I brought up in the show proper, there's a scene with uh, Cynthia Robinson who plays the young uh, operative and J.K. Simmons where they're mm-hmm. in Ben Affleck's house. Mm-hmm. That scene went on really long. Yeah. yeah. And it just totally ruined the pace of the movie. Um, an, uh, another character, you guys remember Jeffrey Tambor was in the movie? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. And, and he was hardly in it. Like and and also, also another kind of shallow motivated character. Like there wasn't a, enough about him to understand yeah. why he was doing what he's doing. I mean, I think they tried to lay it out, but it just seemed unresolved yeah, and was, un, you know, like motivated. he was looking for an apprentice to take over yeah. for him because he was getting out of the life or what. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Here's what I think. I think that there are three characters in this movie: Anna Kendrick, Jeffrey Tambor, and uh, in some part, J.K. Simmons where they could have made all three of those different characters into one character and find a way to combine the find a way to the combine. plot necessities of those characters into one exactly and yeah. i think it would have been a much more fluid movie the pacing would have been way better you wouldn't be going from this character to this character to this character mm-hmm. and i think that it would have made the emotional connection between affleck and this one character so much more powerful and real yeah. so yeah, because it's interesting, right? Because the J.K. Simmons character is emotionally connected to Affleck, but Affleck's not necessarily emotionally connected to him. Yeah. Right? Like he, you know, Simmons had that experience, but Affleck it wasn't, you know, a huge thing in his life. But Affleck was so emotionally connected to Tambor's character that that's why he went and took out the Gambino family yep. and yeah. ended up impacting J.K. Simmons, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so you've got those two characters... I don't know how you would find well, your way around that plot. But and I don't even know if you, if Ben Affleck even knows J.K. Simmons. No, he probably is on doesn't. the back end. I mean, I, I guess maybe he does because he asked him if he was a, a, a good, good father, a good man. And that's what I was talking about in the show proper about the most emotional scene in the entire mm-hmm. movie. Oh yeah, was that J.K. Simmons? In the there. Are you a good man? Are you a good father? And I'm like, man, this is really deep and. Mm-hmm. powerful and it speaks to something like we were talking about with ben affleck's father too about you know was he a good father was you know there were certain things i mean we can get specific since we're talking spoilers but when they go to the specialist and he's like nope he's not going to see a specialist we're just going to make him experience more of the things that destroy yeah. him yeah the world the, <laughs> like, the world's not a quiet place and so i'm sitting there going teach you're him an that? awful father yeah and then is the as the movie progresses we get to see that he really does care about him. He just mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily understand how to show it. And there are direct consequences for how he raised his boys yeah. and who they've turned out to be. But he really did do it from a place of love, which is a, that's a really common actual human thing. Did anybody get like a Dexter kind of feel off that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is With, exactly the, the what dad's it is. teaching yep. like a code. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> that would have been, yeah. Oh, I was thinking like, 
wait, his father was never like a vision to him. But now I understand right. that connection of like, yeah. right. This mentor who, you know, cause he did join the army just like his father and mm-hmm. stuff. And, mm-hmm. and then his father died and then that sent him to prison. Is, is that how we got to prison? No, and that's to- where he met Jeffrey Tambor. Cause at the funeral, he beat the crap out of those guys because yeah. they yeah that's what they he were went the to mom's yeah funeral. he went to prison for the funeral scene right yeah yeah or did and, he escape from prison and then go to the funeral no he was still in the army when he and this is funeral. what I'm talking about though with the plot just kind of being unhinged a little bit you yeah, know yeah. it's just like it's it's it seemed like it could have been cleaned up quite a bit yeah I think in that way the other morally complex character is the brother and we didn't talk a lot a lot about this in the movie itself but. It was interesting because the way they portrayed him, the first one, you can almost go, okay, he's trying to do a good thing, mm-hmm. even though he's using force to do it. He yeah. doesn't actually kill anybody. Yep. The second time we see him do something is when he forces the guy to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously yeah. really rough. And and are we supposed to believe he didn't know exactly what the truth in that situation was, so he thought he was doing a good thing? Or is he just is it just supposed to be total redemption at the end where he's like, you know, oh, I want to be with you? Or is there a changing moment for that brother? I don't know because he almost it's like he tried to do because he's like look you commit the suicide your wife will get the life insurance right they're yada, almost yada, yada. trying to paint that we're okay with him in yeah, some ways paint it that like he's trying to do the right thing See, I didn't get that at all thing. I thought we were supposed to think he was totally sleazy at that moment like he I just, he just to didn't be... want to get his hands dirty sort of thing like I'll get my hands dirty if I have to but uh, hey why don't you just take care of this little problem for us I think we're supposed to see somebody who is fighting with his own darkness. That's kind of what I took from it as well. That's interesting. I didn't I didn't take it that way. And I, I think that's what's supposed to be revealed in the final scene too is, you know, he's now that he's confronted with the fact that it's his brother that's mm-hmm. coming to, you know, to get them, yeah. that there's that final actual little literal confrontation, you know, with the brothers, uh which I found I found very believable. Yeah. Like yeah, their yeah. conversation felt like they were brothers who had grown up together and gone their separate ways mm-hmm. and yeah, I found that really believable. And the fact that Ben Affleck was just like, hi. He's like, really? It's all you have to say to me after all this time is, hi. I missed you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I'm talking about. I don't get why people, and you were saying that people weren't a fan of Affleck's performance. That scene right there just solidified for me how good he was in that movie. Yeah, I yeah, agree. I no, really I totally agree. I totally agree with that. So, um, I also like at the end where, you know, Lithgow, who's apparently the big baddie in the movie, which is a little weird. Yeah, which we find it, out with like Because there's not a lot go. of there's not a lot of oomph there, right? No. Like yeah. it's just like I don't care. Like he I didn't care at all that he was the yeah. villain. Especially with how good of a bad guy he can be. Yeah, we all speaking <laughs> Going of back speaking to of Dexter. Dexter. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say and Cliffhanger. Yeah. Right, guys. <laughs> yes. He was and a, foot he was, loose. Oh yeah, he was a foot loose. But uh <laughs> but uh yeah, uh, there yeah. was just no buildup. I think if they would have stuck to the original guy that they were trying to lead us to believe was yeah. the launderer, if mm-hmm. they would have stuck to him, because the whole time we're actually they initially tell you that Lithgow is a good. He's like, I don't care about money. I just want to help people, mm-hmm. and that's how they paint him. They don't paint him as the uh, the villain. So whenever it's revealed that he's the villain, he's not. As he's not the we villain long any, enough. Yeah, to, we haven't had any time. Him. Yeah, exactly. We haven't had any time to care about whether he succeeds or fails. Yeah, yep. Because we haven't had any time knowing that it was him, really. And yeah. then even at the end, he's he's sticking to the fact that I was doing this to make the stock go higher, so I could invest more money into the company. To so I actually even, think a lot of that that's stuff a makes sense. That's yeah. A, so so maybe he's, he's not actually the bad guy. <laughs> maybe there is no bad guy in the movie. 
Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. like everybody's morally ambiguous in this movie. Yeah, but if he's not a bad guy, Anna then Kendrick. why did he hire all of those mercenaries to try and kill Ben Affleck? Because, see, it wasn't, it wasn't a very well-developed character. Yeah. Right. And again, I think the movie deals with that throughout. It just a lot of characters that aren't fully complete, a lot of storylines that aren't complete. It almost felt like they were, even with some of the origin stuff of the brothers especially, it felt like there were missing pieces to that, to their relationship even. There's a huge chunk where we don't yeah, know like, why did how they, they went ways, their separate ways. Yeah. And I'm like, are they saving it for a sequel? Like, do they think they're going to continue to tell this story? Now, you know, I actually they... kind of got a sequel vibe to this movie. I which did too. I don't know if it needs one. I don't know. I think it's does. a self-contained story. I don't think it needs yeah. one. Yeah. I don't think it needs one either, but I definitely got the sense that they wanted to, to make way for one. Yeah. So... Yeah, I I just I think that's the main, the movie's main flaw is probably it's just it doesn't feel complete in so many ways. It doesn't feel like you know stories are complete or characters are complete or you know the plot is complete in some ways. So so talking about the woman on the phone, mm-hmm. who did yeah, you guys yeah, yeah. think was going to be the woman? On the I just phone? thought it was no like a idea. robot or something. I didn't even think it was you know I didn't oh, know really? that it was necessarily a person. I thought I don't know if was... you thought it was like maybe Anna Kendrick was pretending the whole time and that it was. Well, be I her. will say my brain at one point said, "Okay, is Anna Kendrick the the person who handed him the piece in the home?" And I was like, oh, "I don't think that works out age wise." Yeah. And, and so, and I, and she seemed a little more, uh, you know, difficult developed. Yeah, developmentally uh, challenged to be able to, you know, have developed to that you know, yeah. stage. So, I, I, I didn't know. I had. No I guess clue. I didn't try to. Oh, you didn't care. About I didn't the... care. It's just okay. like I looked at it as it's it's his handler. Yeah, it never occurred and to me never to really try to figure that to, out yeah, as that if that was a mystery. Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. Because immediately I was like, "It's the girl. It's the little girl." No, all I did, grown up. I honestly did not know that till they actually revealed it. Oh, fun. Yeah, till that yeah. actual moment where she said, "Yeah, I went, uh, oh, sweetheart, what does she call him? Um, Dreamboat. Dreamboat. Yeah, yeah. Justine was her name. Yeah, yeah. So." Can that computer really run the Pentagon? <laughs> <laughs> no idea. I don't know what's inside of it. All I saw was a case. So how did? Okay. So here's the thing. It's a nice Corsair case. Yeah. And he was like, "That's a 12 core computer." I'm like, "You're looking at the case. How do you know what's inside yeah, of it?" Exactly. Yeah. Well, so that was the thing. What I didn't we don't get. know is that he has X-ray vision, and he's going to be a huge part of the sequel. What? <laughs> it's a sci-fi film. <laughs> but uh, no. Uh, the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm actually leaning more towards, I think I'm still going to say I liked it, but those big holes, because I said in the show proper, there's two or three just big, big yeah. problems with it the movie. It does have problems, for sure. But then I just look back at like the sound. In the moments. And in there the are moments. these moments that really get you. Some of those action moments the, where he saves the farmer and his wife. That is, is probably incredible. my favorite scene in the entire movie. Yeah, yes. it's incredible. And there's this great, hilarious moment at the end where he's like... Uh, Okay, I gotta go, or or something like that. After they've been watching him, you know, destroy these people, he just waves bye to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bye. That, that was one of the humor moments. You yeah. Just yeah, crack up, loved it. And uh, what was? Oh man, I had something else I was gonna say. Do you guys have anything? No, I I just think it's really interesting to have uh like a an autistic killer like that you know and just the idea like when he kills Lithgow at the very end mm-hmm. just very straightforward just like right in the middle of his sentence just like headshot <laughs> it's like, and it, there's also something refreshing about that because you watch other movies where people are awful and it's like mm-hmm. why haven't they killed people already why are they letting them talk you know it's yeah, just like do your monologue. job yeah yeah exactly so the thing that confused me maybe you guys can shed some light on this 
the pinwheel on the leg and then the metal music and then the flashing light that's one of those other things unresolved why why where did that start why does he do it how is that therapy how does that work i mean maybe it creates sensory overload for him at the time i'm sure i'm sure world is easier to to cope with i guess but that's what i'm talking about there being missing pieces like how did he become independent how did he separate from his dad how did you know how did he join the army what happened in the there's just so much that's like it's okay that it's missing, but it sure seems like it could have helped the character if we knew a little bit more about some of those things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, Do you think that it would have been better served as a linear story, like go all the way through his childhood and then progress, don't do flashbacks and stuff? I don't know that you could do it that way. Yeah. That would be difficult to do, I think. Because then I mean, you'd just be waiting the entire time, okay, when are we going to get yeah. to Ben Affleck? Yeah, unless you did like a large, like start at the beginning, chunk in the middle, and I mean like Oreo, Oreo cookie it. Yeah. about the only other way you could have done it. Yeah, but. yeah. I don't know that the structure was too bad. I think it was just the stuff that was chosen to be shown. I just, I think there's just a lot of incompleteness. Yeah. In mm-hmm. it. So, anything else? I still think that people should go and see this in theaters for the sound alone. Yeah, and the sound I, was amazing. I can't stress enough how good the sound in this movie is. You can even, you can even just, you know, close your eyes, kick back, just listen. Yeah, you know, that's all, all you need. You don't yeah. even need to watch. Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.